This is your other brother's podcast. your other brother's podcast navigating faith homosexuality and masculinity together i'm your host tom here with me is my brother ryan hey everyone this is ryan thank you (laughs) that wasn't clear (laughs) thank you for making that abundantly clear ryan's here and ryan can you believe this i can hardly believe it you can hardly thank you for Mm -hmm. saying can't hardly because that's a pet peeve of mine um yeah i honestly this is a treat this is a treasure this is a brand new thing Last week was, or last month rather, was a great episode because we introduced Jacob. Mm-hmm. He's been with Yob for a while now, but it was his very mm-hmm. first appearance on the podcast. And it was really fun to have Jacob. And honestly, to, you know, to be completely honest, I thought that was our last new guest for a long time. I didn't anticipate us having a new voice on the podcast anytime soon. But today, but... ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen, but some ladies too, <laughs> we have another person, another first timer with us, and it is our brother, Kevin, what's up, Kevin? Oh hey, I'm here. Oh hey, wow, that sounds so midwestern, so mi- so Minnesotan. I mean, you lived there for a time, but we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> we don't want to spoil it just yet. Kevin, you've been how long have you been with Yob now? You've been with Yob for a uh, while. Yeah. Do you know the starting point of your journey? No, I have not. Great. Looking. <laughs> it's good to have you here. <laughs> um, it's really exciting to have both Ryan and Kevin here. We're going to be talking about Jesus today. I feel like. In some aspects, it feels almost redundant or tedious, but not really. Like, we haven't ever done an episode that's, like, entirely faith-based or entirely, certainly, Jesus-focused. And this episode is just Jesus. Not just. Jesus is a lot. (laughs) Mostly Jesus. It's also going to be other things, as, you know, we tend to rabbit trail a little bit. Mm. But, uh, yeah, this episode, we're talking about Jesus and how Jesus intersects with our sexuality and our journeys and kind of how each of us has approached faith over our trajectories, and it's going to be great to trade our stories, hear some Yabbers' stories. It's going to be a great episode. I'm really excited, Ryan and Kevin. But Kevin, since you're new, new to the podcast at least, we have to do the Yabcast tradition, which is get to know, get to know a new, a new voice, a new brother. And so what I want you to do, Kevin, is tell the people who you are, what makes you tick. How are you here today? <laughs> well, my name is Kevin. I did grow up in the Midwest and... So that's where my heart is, but I really love to travel as well, um, as I feel like most of the followers are big into Enneagram and personality types. I do test as an ISFJ and an Enneagram 9 with a pretty strong wing one. <laughs> that's me also, yeah. nine with one wing. I'm drowning in nines. And that's oh. not a bad thing. <laughs> I just hope you can rescue me. It's not... a very peaceful way to go. <laughs> and not deliberate on whether you want to rescue me the whole time <laughs> while I'm drowning. How can I rescue Tom without making him mad? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's what the nines are all saying. We are, yeah, this is really good because we are heavily represented by nines in this Year Other Brothers community. Mm-hmm. I'd say our top four are definitely twos, fours, nines, and sixes. Those are our mm. dominant yes. types in the group. It tapers down dramatically from there. Mm-hmm. So nines are represented, all 
shout out to all the nines listening. We love you, despite your lethargy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love you. So let's do a little lightning round, Ryan. Let's ask Kevin some questions. We're going to channel our listeners' minds right now and okay. thoughts right now because okay. they are all asking us questions for Kevin. So we're going to channel them right now. I'm very highly attuned with our listeners. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at one point, Kevin, you described yourself to me as a minimalist. Can you talk more about that? What does that, uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, it means that I don't own very much. Um, I'm not somebody who um, really uh, cares too much about having a lot of things. It actually took me a while to like come to terms with that growing up in the suburbs. That was kind of the idea is just to like have stuff, whether that's books or clothes or a brand new car or whatever. Um, and I realized that that stuff doesn't matter as much to me, but I think it took me time to, uh, to understand that like people who did want things wasn't a bad thing. But yeah, so it just mo- mostly just means that I'm fine with not having or owning very many things. So you kind of like transitioned from like suburban expectations and ideals to becoming a minimalist rather than just like discovering that this ideal is something that I've always subscribed to. Like it was kind of a transition for you. Yeah, I think. Okay. Just, yeah, as I grew up, just more and more realized that mm. I didn't need mm-hmm. things to make me happy. Good for you. I'm a recovering things person. So I'm embracing minimalism. I am definitely a collector, but I've learned the art of giving away and throwing away. And really the art, especially with photographs and the way things are digital now, just like take a picture of something and then throw away the big thing, especially if it weighs like, like I've gotten rid of so many awards. I've been like honored so much and I've thrown away so many awards and plaques and things from school that I don't need to carry around with me, but I can take a picture of it and and remember that thing. So I've gotten rid of tons of things. Good job. Um, Kevin, what are like some of your hobbies and interests? What do you love? What makes your heart soar? Um, I mean, I really enjoy cooking. Um, if I uh, can combine the cooking with people that I care about, so like mm. cooking for mm-hmm. people, or like I, uh, I don't know if this is a stereotype, but I like to bring food to work for like my coworkers. Oh, you're so sweet. I try. Um, aside from that, I uh, used to be a pretty avid runner and have recently stopped that because my knees have started to hurt. So I, um, have found that exercise is equally as beneficial to me just to like get out the stress Mm -hmm. and excess of the day through activity. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you could plan one big trip for next year, where would it be? I mean, if I actually had money, I would love... I have some friends who live overseas, mm-hmm. so I would love to do, like, a kind of tour to hit some of those places. Ooh, yeah. Um, I have a friend who lives in Tanzania, mm. and a one of my friends got married and lives in Latvia. And so if I could hit oh. both of those in one big trip, but yeah. that's a lot of money. Shout out <laughs> to all our Latvian listeners. Tanzania is kind of on the way to Latvia. <laughs> I mean, Tanzania if I go in big loop... <laughs> We're all connected on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I'm glad we have a fellow wanderer, traveler, fellow, your other brother's author on the site, on the podcast, rather. Mm-hmm. We're slowly getting all of you guys on, onto this show. I will drag each of you onto the show, whether you like it or not. 
<laughs> so thank you, Kevin, for You're being welcome. here. If Kevin sounds a little strained, it's because he's tied up. <laughs> And you're very comfortable, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're actually, so Ryan, we've continued this tradition from our last episode, and we're actually standing up. Yeah. And we're, we liked it so much once. We're doing it again. It's like such a different dynamic. It really is. Um, yeah, I feel like I can stretch easier. Um, I feel more active. I feel like it's better for my posture. I'm not like hunched over. And generally, I just feel better. Mm-hmm. And if it feels good, do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the Yob motto. <laughs> <laughs> you're the brothers it feels good do it, do it. <laughs> basically basically so we're gonna have a great episode here today um we had a really fun night last night you guys we ryan we were helping you decorate, decorate my christmas tree, christmas tree. it brought as, so much joy to my heart it was good. so fun yeah and we were telling your tree to loosen up because he's very uptight. He yeah. had to like just I don't know. let loose a little bit. Yeah. So if you've ever bought like a real tree before, sometimes they're like all like bunched up kind of like they're all like closed up and like all the stressed. branches are kind of like yeah, pointed upward, I guess. Yeah. So the idea is that you buy it and you like get it all settled and eventually it sort of like relaxes, but we weren't patient enough. We wanted to go ahead and get it. Or the tree decorated. just wasn't comfortable with us yet. Yeah, that's that's we didn't true. Give him enough time. We were encouraging the tree to be vulnerable with us and to open up to us um, by shouting at it to relax. We were also listening to some Christmas music, mm-hmm. including Sufjan Stevens, and I decided to. I decided, I mean, I don't know whether you accepted it or not, but I decided to name the tree Sufjan Trevens. That's right, yes. <laughs> Sufjan Trevens. <laughs> but Ryan, is this the part of the show where you kind of wax poetic about Sufjan? Is that something that you want to do at this point? <laughs> Your facial expression tells me that you I'd be satisfied to. with just standing here for a good five minutes in silence as I appreciate Sufjan Stevens internally. <laughs> Let's take a moment of silence for Sufjan. Stevens and Trevens. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was my moment over. <laughs> as long as I could go. <laughs> That's great. But it was fun. It was fun to decorate a tree. I haven't done that in a while. And it was just enjoyable. Good mm-hmm. music, good vibes, lights, no cameras. <laughs> But hot, a lot of action. Hot, hot cocoa, though. Hot cocoa. Cameras. Yeah, hot cocoa. Oh, yeah, we cameras. had a, like, Polaroid camera. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. Great. It was good times. I'm sure plenty of our listeners have decorated their trees. As of this recording, it's it's kind of weird because people will listen to this not live or not, like, when it comes out. So some mm-hmm. people might not listen to this for weeks and mm-hmm. weeks or even months or years, even. That's a weird thought. And some of our listeners believe that Christmas trees are of the devil. There's so. that too. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> there is that as well. We have a diverse crowd and we welcome everyone at the table <laughs> and in our hearts. It is the Christmas season after all. And, um, and that's why we're talking about Jesus today because it is, <laughs> coincidentally, I didn't think about it until after the fact. We're talking about Jesus in this episode. I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's the Christmas season. That, that mm-hmm. kind of fits. That ties yeah. in. It feels kind of random otherwise, but... This is like the Christmas episode. Yeah, this is a Christmas episode. I'm expecting (laughs) presents, right? Y'all got me something? No presents. Present swap. That would have been a great episode. We could have, like, live swapped presents and opened them on the air. Oh. Maybe next Christmas. Next year. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great idea. I'm going to file that away. So, Kevin, thankfully, you listened to our last episode, like, recently, correct? Very recently, in fact. (laughs) Like within hours of this recording. Correct. Um, so you understand, Kevin, our brand new segment, 
The Brother Beats, correct? I do. Okay, very good, very good. For those that are new, for those that aren't aware, you didn't listen to the last episode or you're just lame. You haven't listened <laughs> to our Yabalog yet. So we're doing this new thing where we each bring something to this intro matter and two of those beats, beats as in like pulses, it's the hot take, it's the the matter at hand, it's the big the big discussion. It's the topic of reporting. Like that's a yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Like reporters have beat. their beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It has no connotations to anything else. It's Correct. just the beat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to beat it with two <laughs> topics. <laughs> two topics. <laughs> and two topics will be featured on this show and then the beat that doesn't make the cut, which could be the best beat of all, actually. That'll be featured on our Yabalog bonus podcast for our Patreon supporters. And that comes out after every regular Yabcast episode. So two beats on this episode, one beat on the Yabalog. It's a great way to have extra bonus content that the people love, the people enjoy, all the beats. So Kevin, since you're the new person, start continuing this tradition that we, goes back an entire episode. What is your brother beat for this episode? Okay, so since we've kind of been talking about the fact that it's getting near Christmas, and I know not everybody is necessarily coming and listening to this at Christmas time, I've just been thinking in the Christmas spirit and like somebody who likes traditional white, like mm-hmm. I like things that are steady and I can count on, um, is if like, if there's like a go-to Christmas movie mm. that you like have to watch each season. So with me and my blood brothers, we always, always, always watch Christmas story. The Red Rider we began, like we can quote mm. almost the entire movie between the three of us and like doesn't feel like Christmas unless we watch that movie. That is like a movie that my family has certainly gravitated toward. I don't mind it. Like, I like it. But it kind of has gotten overdone for me over the years. So it's definitely the answer that my family would give, that they have to watch it. Even just like, I was home last week for Thanksgiving, and that movie came up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this movie again. I've seen it so many times. I've seen clips of it so many times. So I can repeat, yeah, all the lines, know all the scenes pretty easily but i feel like it's a kind of polarizing like either you love it or you don't I know. Really like it yeah i think if push came to shove i would say yes i like a christmas story it's a good movie it's classic it's got lines it's got iconic scenes and memories but i'm just like over it for me if i was answering i would say home alone probably mm-hmm. home alone too actually mm-hmm. but the home alone movies are so great they take place at christmas time but i love that christmas isn't like this dominating focus, like it's kind of more of a dis- like a side detail. Yeah, it just takes place at Christmas time. But, um, but yeah, I love love the Home Alone movies. I could watch those all year round, especially at Christmas time. Mm. Is it because the main character's name is Kevin? Kevin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. So I have not actually seen a Christmas story. Um, Whoa! You missed the zeitgeist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you recommend it? Should I watch it this year? I feel, again, I feel like it's a classic, uh-huh. but again, if it's not, it's one of those movies that if it wasn't part of your childhood, yeah. you might not like it. If you weren't raised on it, you'll probably be like, okay. I don't know. Maybe you'd enjoy it. I feel like if I was watching A Christmas Story for the first time, I might be like, this is weird. Okay. <laughs> Why does everyone love this? Okay. Like, there's so <laughs> many, like, iconic references, like the BB gun and the right. leg lamp. And, and the bunny suit and yeah, there's a yeah. lot yeah, yeah so I feel like I it's I very sh- iconic yeah yeah I should at least watch it to get all that you'll yeah. at least get it yeah if yeah. nothing else um I think my answer would be actually Lord of the Rings so 
when those first came out, I don't know if you remember, but they were coming out like each year right before Christmas. And so my dad and my sister and I, because my mom wasn't into it, we would all go to the movies together and see Lord of, the new Lord of the Rings film. And so I always think about Christmas whenever I think about those movies. And I think we've often watched one around Christmas. I think I think maybe a year or two we sort of did Star Wars instead. But um, yeah, those are my Christmas movies. <laughs> because Jesus existed in that universe too. Yes. yes Jesus yes. transcends all mm-hmm. the universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good question, Kevin. Thanks. Good beat. Thanks. Thanks for beating it. Well beaten, Kevin. <laughs> well beaten. <laughs> Tom, what's your beat? I'm glad you asked, Kevin. So, in honor of, this is a little late, so you have to excuse the delay. No. But a little while ago, we celebrated our 50,000th podcast download, which is really exciting. That's a yeah. huge milestone, wow. huge number. That's a big number. <laughs> and I realized in the aftermath of announcing that, that I was like, oh man, we've grown a lot since the very first time we did a map game on the podcast where we kind of played a game about who listens to our show, from what country, from what state. And so I figured in honor of our 50,000th download, which is now over that number, I don't even know what it is now, but it's it's over, well over 50,000. I figured since y'all are relatively new to the Mm -hmm. show, this could be a cool like new edition of the map game. And so I wanted to quiz you guys and you can play at home as well. So put your hands on your buzzers. Press nine Ready? for the no. <laughs> um, fastest finger. I'm ready for it. So I'm curious if y'all want to take a crack at the top ten countries that listen to our show, and then we'll move Ooh. to just America. So okay. our top ten countries that listen to your other brother's podcast as of this recording. Can we work together, or is this? Yes, a this is collaborative. It's not a competition. Does this but include the United States? It does. So United States is number one. Really? With 83% okay. of our listenership. I'm trying to think of where number I know. Uh, probably Canada, right? Yeah. Canada remains number two. Okay. I don't think... So I actually didn't go back and listen because that takes way too much time. I didn't listen to the original map game. Mm-hmm. But I, from what I recall, I remember US and Canada being one and two. That's fairly obvious. But I do believe there's been some shakeups in the rest of the lineup. So okay. we'll see. I'm trying to think of where I know other listeners are from like personally yes because i've met i like i've talked to a handful of other people who listen to the podcast so i'm trying to think of where some of them are from i know that we have at least some listeners in england correct the united kingdom is number three okay. which i think united kingdom was number three last time as well i have to double check but at three percent we have uk listeners so good day cheese Today is Australia. That's Australia. Is that Australia's number four? four. Which I was saying, I know we have some there as well. I'm pretty sure Australia rose in the rankings because I'm pretty sure another country. Mm. So I I could be wrong, but I'm in my head it's right. So let's just Mm -hmm. roll with it. Mm. I'm pretty sure there was a country that was number four that is now number ten. Wow. I'm pretty sure it dropped like significantly, or maybe more accurately, other countries just grew. So I think Australia being one of them, we grew in Australian Mm -hmm. leadership. Mm -hmm. So good day. There Mate. we go. Yeah. Correct this yeah. time. Cheers. <laughs> um, I know that we have had listeners in Philippines. Correct. That is the one that took the hit. I think oh, Philippines okay. was in our top five, and now it is at number 10. Wow. Okay. So Filipinos listening, we love you, but you need to step it up. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. Tell your friends to listen and subscribe to the Yopcast. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's five of our... Can you guys think of the middle, like from number five to number nine? 
I'm trying to think of, I mean, it's probably going to be mostly English speaking countries. Mostly, mostly. Um, how about, um, how about New Zealand? New Zealand, number five. There's another good day. (laughs) (laughs) And cheese. Yeah. New Zealand. Rounding out at about 1% of our listenership. Wow. So now we're done in the, we're in the like sub Yeah. Yeah. Sub 1%. Yeah. Again, I feel like probably... This is where it gets fun. Most of them are probably going to be European then. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, no. Zero Um, of them are European. Wow. Okay, then my next guess was possibly Japan. Japan, number nine. You're so good at this, Kevin. What's a good Japanese phrase that I can say? (laughs) Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. There we go. Konnichiwa for our Japanese listeners. Okay, what about six through eight, y'all? Maybe three more. Wow. And it's not in Europe? Actually, we're only missing seven and eight because New Zealand. Oh no, yeah, we're missing number five, seven, and eight. Wow. Here we go. New Zealand was number six. One of them is an English speaking, and then the other two are not. So is there? That's interesting. Um, Singapore in there? No, no Singapore. I guess they're tiny. <laughs> not enough people there. <laughs> um, I will say one is in uh, South America, one is in Central America, and one is in Africa. About South Africa. South Africa is on the list. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's number five. South Africa definitely rose. Like, I had no idea we had a listenership there. I don't remember South Africa being on this list, (laughs) but it's number five now. Cool. Okay. So, hooray. I'm going to go to South Africa soon. That's happening. The South American one is that Brazil. It is Brazil. Yes. We've gotten emails over the years from Brazil. So, big shout out to our Brazilian listeners. Y'all are awesome. And we have one more from Central Central America. Central America. Slash North America, if my geography sucks. Mexico? Mexico. <laughs> that's, that's North America. I think America. Mexico is North America, right? It yeah, is. Yeah, it I messed that is. up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Carmen San Diego failed me. Um, yeah, so there's our, cool. our top 10 countries the US, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, Mexico, Brazil, Japan, and the Philippines. So, super global, y'all. We have listeners all over. So, big shout out. And if you're not in the top 10, Next time we play the map game, y'all yeah. tell all your friends, tell your mm-hmm. church, tell your small group, tell your school, tell whatever community you roll with to listen to this show, subscribe. Maybe you'll crack the top 10 and then we'll do another map game in like 20 episodes. Love it. That'll be great. <laughs> all right. But now the map game is not over. The one that I wanted to get to inspired by some emails lately is our bottom five. So our bottom five oh, no. US states. And the reason I bring this up is because I distinctly remember on the first map game podcast that we did, mentioning that there were a couple states we had never gotten listeners from, one of them Mm. being Wyoming. And what inspired this whole beat that I'm bringing, Mm. this whole map game redux, is the fact that I got an email from a Wyoming listener not even a week, two weeks ago, Mm. and he made the comment, you finally have a Wyoming listener. And I was so happy because I was like, oh my gosh, the... 30 people that live in Wyoming, one of them finally found us. That's like 15% subscribed. of the population of Wyoming. <laughs> right, listens right. To so Wyoming is sold. Wyoming is on the map. And Wyoming is... Shout out to you, Mr. Wyoming. <laughs> Mr. Wyoming. Um, I will say, so Wyoming, unfortunately, did not crack the bottom five. So Wyoming is 46th in the union in our listenership. But it's no longer last, and it is now on the map. So it's risen four spots. So that's exciting. So I was curious from you guys, though, if you have any ideas on what you think the bottom four spots are. I'm going to go with Delaware. Surprisingly, no. No? Little Delaware is on the map. 
Because I met someone from Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Is Rhode Island on there? Rhode Island's not on there. But the we Dakotas, because no one loves Okay, there. which one? Only one in North Only Dakota. Dakota. No. It's South, South, Dakota. South Dakota. You would think North Dakota, huh? Yeah, you would <laughs> think. South Dakota, 47, mm. with just 0.11% of our okay. American audience. Yep. So what about spots 48, 49, and 50? Mm. I feel like one is obvious, and two, maybe not so much. Oh, Alaska. Not Alaska, no. Really? Alaska mm. has picked up lately. Okay. Another shout out, because we have a new, one of our new supporters is from Alaska, and mm-hmm. he's probably got 90% of the list, <laughs> listens just on him, but he's reached out, and so maybe he bumped Alaska out of the bottom spots. Because I think Alaska was possibly unreached in our last map game. Mm-hmm. We're breaking barriers. We're breaking through. We're reaching the lost. The lost will be found. Hawaii? Hawaii, yes. Hawaii is number 49 with just 0.04% of our audience. So that leaves number 48 and number 50. One is in New England and one of them is in... is on the Uh, East Coast. How about Vermont? Yes. Vermont is now officially our least listened state Mm. in the Union. But it has listens. 12 mm. people have downloaded our show Wow! Vermont. <laughs> so God bless y'all. Shout out to the Vermonters. Who They've given a few... Yeah, they gave a few episodes a try, and then they said, yeah, yeah. can't deal with that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's fun, because last time we played, there were states that had never found us, and now every single state has at least mm. listened once. Um, the other state being... This is the surprise. West Virginia. Oh. No oh. one in West Virginia. Well, not no one, but relatively speaking. Yeah. Only 0.07%. So... That is our bottom five. So if you live in those states, you're truly special if you're mm. listening right now. Way to go. We, we love you. Thank you for listening in those bottom five states. I hope you'll tell, yeah, tell your whole neighborhood. Tell your church. Put a, Unless a bulletin. Unless that's awkward. <laughs> put, a, <laughs> put it in your church bulletin. Yeah. Tell, tell everyone you know that your other brother's podcast exists. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, I think and just like cool. two listens could be all it takes to edge out like that's Vermont right. or something. You could crack <laughs> so. out of the bottom five. Wyoming's hanging on by a thread in that position. So there's the map game. We'll play it again every so often. I think it's fun to hear where people come from. Um, but if you enjoy this podcast, guess what, y'all? We're on Spotify now. I don't know if you know that. But you can listen. If you're not listening on iTunes, if you're not listening on any other podcast app, if you're a big Spotify person, I know some people do this like Spotify, what is it called? Spotify premium? Oh yeah, I'm a huge Spotify person. Are you? Okay, you're a Spotify person. Yeah, right? so, yeah, but I'll wait to tell you about it until they sponsor us. Correct. <laughs> until they actually put their, put the big bucks in yeah, yeah. for this podcast. Spotify sponsor us and I'll tell yeah. our listeners all about how, how much, much you love Spotify. Okay. Until then I'm going to shut up. Okay, so pretend like you just didn't hear that. Ryan doesn't care about Spotify, but people out there might care about Spotify, and we're on Spotify now. So if that's easier to listen to versus iTunes versus the little player on the website, if that's too much for you, if Spotify is how you roll, if that's how you make your commute every day, you can listen to us on Spotify now. So Tom, do we have any new reviews this time? We do, and this is one of my favorite subject lines that I've seen on an iTunes review. It was called BYOB. Bless your other brothers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that really could have been it. They could have just said BYOB, uh, bless your other brothers, and then just submit, hit the submit button. That would have been mm-hmm. great. I would have loved to stop there. Bless you too. Bless you too, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. Just for that, for the rating and for the subject line. But he also said this, and he actually had something really encouraging to say. He said, brothers, it has been encouraging to listen to your podcasts. As one who has attempted to cultivate a greater openness, awareness of the challenges of having SSA at my church, 
I have experienced the sorrow of being under godly leaders who have been reticent to discuss such matters. Finding your website and resources has been refreshing. You have created a space for difficult issues to be discussed in a way that honors Christ and contributes to the salubrity of our faith. I pray that resources such as yours will bless the greater church and will encourage others who struggle with these issues, but who don't have many others, if any, to turn to. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability. That's awesome. So, Does anyone know what celebrity awesome. means? I know. I had to just like roll it out. Like, oh, yeah, I know what celebrity <laughs> means. But based on the context clues, let's dive in, fellas. It sounds good. It sounded positive. So the, the, the sentence went, you have created a space for difficult issues to be discussed in a way that honors Christ and contributes to the salubrity of our faith. It sounds like celebrity, but with more salubrity. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I feel like this is an SAT question. What does salubrity yeah. mean without Googling it or looking it up? The salubrity of our faith, like the authenticity, the genuineness of our faith? Maybe like... The messiness. Mm, maybe like feasibility, like the more it makes sense as something to like subscribe to if that makes Mm, sense that's good too it honors christ and contributes to the salubrity of our faith i feel like now we need to look it up and see if we're correct or if we're just way off i want to know what it means now (laughs) this is great we're all gonna learn something today y'all if we don't learn something about jesus we're at least gonna learn an sat (laughs) so salubrity means the quality of being salubrious okay cool (laughs) thanks google Um, so let's look at salubrious. Salubrious means promoting health or well-being, wholesome. Did any of us say that? I don't know if we ever (laughs) I said genuineness, authenticity. I humbly posit that I was the closest by saying feasibility. (laughs) I was definitely not. We'll let, we'll let the (laughs) listeners decide. I'm sure there's plenty of like people who are like salubrity is like such a common word y'all come on like in front of us as they listen yeah i'm sure they are but it's fine i'm honored that we can be salubrious yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) together on this show um and that was our 88th rating review if y'all enjoy this show and you think it's worth not only your time but other people's time why don't you rate and review us that would be super helpful Mm -hmm. kevin you've done it right no, I haven't actually. Ryan, Oops. you've done it right. <laughs> They're waiting to be the hundredth rating because I mentioned several episodes ago that we're gonna have a prize for the hundredth. I just don't rating. rate things very often, so it so may maybe, never happen. Maybe after this episode, you'll think that it's worth your time. Maybe you'll finally mm. take the leap and do that. I just and don't take really twenty rate seconds <laughs> and take twenty seconds, Kevin, to push a button and type four I'm words. A very busy person. <laughs> I mean, what what do I say besides like? I'm on this podcast. I'm on this podcast, and I like, and it, I like it. This is cool because I, I know them. I think we do a great job. <laughs> exactly. I think we do five stars worth of good. My mommy loves this show, and she <laughs> likes me. I should write the review as my mom. <laughs> I'm just so just proud of my Ryan's son for mom. doing this. <laughs> They're just so brilliant. He's a good boy. Just, yeah. <laughs> Such great guys. Such great guys. <laughs> well, this is the episode... On Jesus, it's our Christmas spectacular. End of year, oh my gosh, end of year spectacular. Happy end of 2018, y'all. And it's time for our sponsor for this episode. And our sponsor for this episode is Frankincense and Myrrh flavored 
scented deodorant. Ah, because, I've seen this in stores before. Right? Yeah, because if it's strong enough for the king of kings, mm-hmm. it's strong enough for a sinner like me. And so Absolutely. thank you, frankincense and myrrh. You know, whenever whenever I am about to work out, I realize I need to anoint my armpits with the oils of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ryan. When Kevin I was a kid, too. I really just thought frankincense had something to do with Frankenstein. <laughs> and so it was really confusing for me for a long time. And I thought Murr was short for Murray. <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> Frankenstein and Murray. Yeah. Here, Jesus. <laughs> Take these things, these people, these monsters. Uh, Literally I had no idea what Murray was. I'm curious, pop quiz, since we're doing so academic today, we're oh, so gosh. academic today, can you spell Frankincense or can you spell Mur? Mur has two R's, right? It does. It's something ridiculous. It's M-Y-R-R-H. Very good. And Frankincense. Frankincense is harder, I think. It's basically Frankenstein. F- R A N K E N S E N No <laughs> Alright Kevin, you have a chance to save this for the homeschoolers out there. No thanks. Also I wasn't homeschooled. <laughs> oh you are? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Like oh my no. gosh. Oh you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, I Kevin's was... not coming back. <laughs> I was homeschooled, so there's that. Just because you were doesn't mean that everybody else was. But nonetheless, give it a shot, Kevin. This is why you're here. A moment like this. This is not why I'm here. <laughs> We're going to talk about Jesus, not frankincense. Spell it. I-T. <laughs> Spell frankincense. F-R-A-N-K. E-N. Uh, it's Sorry. really I-N. Like, it's iron, like incense. Like incense, but with Frank yeah. in front? With Frank in front. <laughs> it's the Frank-flavored incense? That's how I can remember it from um, now on, is just spell Frank and then incense. I-N-C-E-N-S-E. because you kept saying Frankenstein, which is E-N. It is. Sorry. So mad. This is how I get it about spelling bees. Like, I remember in middle school, I was so excited about the spelling bee because I thought I was so good at spelling, but then I was always out in the first, like, two rounds. Because I'm good at spelling on paper, but then, like... Out loud, it's just completely different. Yeah, it's different. It's the, vi- different. the visual definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you, frankincense and myrrh scented flavored deodorant. Definitely scented. For sponsoring <laughs> this episode as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, as we talk about him now. We can deodorize ourselves. <laughs> deodorize like your soul. little Lord baby Jesus. <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. So we are talking about Jesus today. Who's a pretty big deal, in, mm-hmm. certainly in our lives, but in the trajectory of history and the world. Some might say the most important. Some might say the most important figure ever. And we're going to talk about him today as it pertains to our lives, as it pertains to this community. And um, no, the first thing I have to mention, the first thing I have to figure out, or first thing I have to get out, rather, is the fact that, Kevin, you and I learned last night that the... Jesus videos that we watched for years and years and years are connected to Ryan and his church and actually yeah. knows the person who voiced uh-huh. Jesus, the one. What are like some of the quotes for the people at home? <laughs> Look at all these sinners. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what else does he say? <laughs> There's he says, that. 
There is that. There is that. It has like this nasally voice Jesus, and it's totally satiric and just right. funny. It's irreverent, but it's funny. I think Jesus himself would watch the videos and be like, that's funny. Yeah, because really I mean, funny. it's like, it's like parodying mm-hmm. all of the like poor representations right, of Jesus right. that we grew up with and kind of like highlighting all of the... All of the problems yeah. with that. And there, but anyway, there were these viral Jesus videos that I remember watching back in high school, like easily 10 plus 15 years ago. And they went viral. Me and my friends outside of Yad like quote them all the time. And, and then like, it just casually comes up last night. Oh yeah, that was my church. Oh yeah, I know the guy who, <laughs> voted, <laughs> who voiced Jesus. So we'll have a link. For those that have no idea, we'll have a link yeah. for, the, for the blog and in the description. So if y'all have not experienced the glory of these jesus videos mm-hmm. you can but i was i was just blown away that shout out to matt he's the <laughs> pastor over slash jesus uh, intersect the ministry for uh same-sex attracted and lgbt people at vintage what so. a connection yeah thank you vintage church mm-hmm. for that beautiful blessing upon humanity those videos <sighs> i'm just upset that there's not more than just four you know the uh, second rule of show business is always leave them wanting more mm. that's yes. true they are, yeah, I mean, really, I feel like if they made more, it just wouldn't compare, and then we would be upset that they redid it or yeah. tried to make more, so, nonetheless. So there's there's that. And there's that. <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> there's that. <clears throat> there is no hope. <laughs> that's, that's my other favorite line. There is no hope. We'll put links in the description. I know. it's For y'all that haven't seen this, you're, gonna about, you're about to be blessed abundantly. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what in the name of me That's is going on here? What in the name of me? <laughs> oh my gosh. The people that get it, though, so the people that have no idea what we're talking about are like, what are they talking about? Or is this sacrilegious? What are they saying? But then the people that get it, people that have seen it, they're, they're like, awesome. they're, they're like quoting it themselves now. They have yes. all the other things that, that we're forgetting. But yeah. Anyway. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> we're talking about Jesus. Um, so let's start off, just kind of just get to know each other in this room, and then we'll go to the Yabbers group, our faithful patrons from Patreon, who submitted a lot of great responses to these questions about this episode. But I want to go around the room and get to get to get to know a little bit of y'all's faith journeys and who Jesus means to you and how you met this person, this God-man of Jesus, going all the way back to however long that ago that was. Was it childhood? Was it last year? Was it today? <laughs> when was it? <laughs> Kevin, when did you first hear about Jesus slash meet him? Yeah. Um, I feel like this is one of those weird questions where you're like, potentially supposed to have like a very specific answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I grew up in the church. And so I feel like there was kind of always a, an understanding of Jesus. Like I was, yeah, I just, I was raised in the church. And so always had some understanding and I really look at my like my knowledge of Jesus and who he is and what he means means to my life kind of like in ripples where it like start off with a very basic knowledge and like just there have been different periods in my life that have kind of like stretched that knowledge as to what that means and who Jesus is I like that picture mm. that's really good mm-hmm. ripples of Jesus yeah because like you still have the core like that core belief but like you just you keep write, adding and adding Kevin to what you it should is. write a book ripples of Jesus I don't know if anybody would read that. <laughs> I'm picturing the cover with the vintage Jesus face in the middle. <laughs> and then like water droplet rings coming out of it. Yes. No. <laughs> Tom and I would read it. Tom and I, yeah. Thank you. I would totally read it. Anyway, what about you, Ryan? 
Yeah, I grew up in a very like evangelical household where I was hearing about Jesus from a very young age. And at that age, Jesus was just sort of a, another synonym for God. I, I guess I just assumed it was like God's specific name or something. Um, and yeah, I mean, at a really young age, I like prayed to ask Jesus into my heart. And that meant that I could spend eternity with him and mom and dad in heaven. And that was kind of like the extent of my understanding. Um, but like, like you say, Kevin, like my understanding has kind of expanded and grown over the years to, um, you know, not only just be more theologically sound, but also, <laughs> um, but also just a much more robust relationship with him and understanding of who he is and what his heart is for me and for the world. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home as well. It was the Christian trifecta as I call it because I went to the Christian home and the Christian church, which maybe that's redundant. I'm sure there's plenty of churches that aren't Christian, but Christian church, Christian uh, home and Christian school. And so I heard about Jesus all the time and God all the time. And so, yeah, I can't, somewhere like you, I can't say, Kevin, I can't point to a singular, like, first moment, like, oh, yeah, Jesus, like, I like that person, I want to know him better, but there was this kind of just, like, really, from as long as I can remember, just conversations and discussions, and we would have, like, devotionals in my family living room, mm-hmm. and, and so the name of Jesus was always said, and of course, as a kid, I don't have a deep, I like that analogy of the ripples, because I didn't have, like, a deep, like, vast understanding of who this person was, and, and certainly at that age like didn't have any kind of context for how much I would be relying on this person the rest of my life and how how much of a fixture um, his name has become in my life and all that I do Um, but yeah growing going back all the way to childhood probably five six years old I can point to an awareness of him um, a curiosity for him and an acceptance and just like yeah like this this story that I read about that I'm hearing read to me and that I'm reading for myself makes a lot of sense as I as I get to know who this person, who this God mm-hmm. is. But I wanted to read, so I also wanted to read some of our Yabbers' responses because um, we had a lot of similar yet also different stories um, about how some of our Yabbers encountered Jesus. One guy said, I encountered Jesus at a very young age. My home was chaos and unstable. He was peace and stability. And then our very own Marshall, he, com- he commented, shout out to Marshall, he said, I first heard about Jesus from my father as a preschool age child. He told me about Jesus dying to pay for my sins so that I would have eternal life. I literally cried as I thought about Jesus' death, even though I didn't understand it. To me, Jesus was an amazing man who I wanted to learn more about. And then one other guy said, I don't know when my first interaction with Jesus was, but I became saved at the age of three. I firmly believe Holy Spirit opened my eyes to the wonders of this God-man that early in life. I believed then and there on Highway 160 to Springfield, Missouri, led by my mother, and Jesus saved my soul. And I've always, I used to be like really skeptical when people would say like they knew Jesus or met Jesus at three years old, because I can't even remember what I even, I don't even have any memories of three years old, let alone making us a salvation decision at three years old. But I also know people, like I know, I know someone in particular who was like very cognizant of what his life was like at three years old. And like, who am I to say what? they remember or don't remember. So so sometimes I like, I used to like hear stories about that, like meeting Jesus or accepting him into my heart at three years old. And I was like, really? Three years old? That's so mm. young. Like, are you still wearing mm. diapers at three years old? <laughs> three years old? No. And they're making salvation decisions. But, you know, this person's very clear about even the road that he was on mm. and the, the conversation with his mom. So like, I think Jesus can meet you 
whether you're three years old or 93 years old. Definitely. Yeah. Something I was really curious about, put this out to the Yammers as well. Something that I've been focusing on actually, yeah, the last few years is the role of Jesus or the title of Jesus or who Jesus is. Because we know, like we know the story for those that grew up in Christianity or have grown up in evangelical culture um, or even in Orthodox culture, like you know who Jesus is, but what is his actual meaning or what is his role in your life? And for me personally, like I'll start this off to give some context for this. When I grew up and like, and growing up in the church and growing up being a Christian from as long as I can remember, Jesus was actually more secondary. Like I knew who Jesus was and I, I believed in him, but I kind of had more of a broader picture that Jesus was God. That's not a bad thing because I believe that Jesus was and is God. But I always thought about Jesus more kind of in an abstract way. Like he's God. He's the father. He's also the father. And he's part of the Trinity, but he's also equal with God. He said that. And so then I'm like, okay, well, Jesus is God. And it's just kind of more of a vague, it kind of, as I look back now, I felt it feels more vague versus the last several years of my life where I'm now actually learning to hone in on the fact that Jesus, yes, was and is God, but was also a man who walked to this earth, who had a physical body and who cried physical tears <clears throat> and who bled physical blood and starting to like actually pull back the curtain a little bit and dig a little deeper into Jesus's humanity has been part of my personal journey the last several years. Um, and so just learning to connect with him as a human, as a man, um, and even beyond that, taking it even a step further, because even that can be a little abstract, taking it to the point that if, well, if God is my father, then that would make Jesus my brother. If we're going to do things like, fam- like in a familial sense, Jesus then would be mm-hmm. A brother and that's like totally thrown me for another loop of like wait but he's also my father because he's also God and I'm like wait so that's I, I, I start to get a little frazzled and confused but mm-hmm. then I also kind of like it <laughs> uh, I like getting lost in in the trin- in Trinitarian uh, ism so I'm curious about y'all about just kind of where you're at with who Jesus is mm-hmm. when you label him or when you think about adjectives or nouns for him yeah absolutely um, I think there's a lot of me that wants to go back to like the the camp days of Jesus, which is a lot of like King Jesus and friend Jesus. Mm. So like lots of really great times of like worshiping him and lots of like being in the moment and just like hang out with Jesus basically because you're a, a Christian, like I would work to a Christian camp. And so that's kind of where we ended up with Jesus is like the, like the time to like really like honor him, but also... To like just play and be with Jesus no matter what you're doing. Um, I would say that more recently, like the last year or so, has been more difficult for my faith journey um, and where I've been at. And so it's been a lot more of like Lord and Savior and Emmanuel, God with us, mm. of like the, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't necessarily, I'm not like really ready for this day and the things that I need to do, whether that be with my job or whatever it might be. And it's like just those, like the connection of knowing that God is with me and he is like the Lord and savior. Like he's over all of this, even though though I don't know what's like, I can't make sense of what's going on in my life in the day to day, but I know that he is with me and that he's over all of it anyway. Yeah. I think Tom, you kind of said a lot of what I was going to say. There was for me also, I also experienced that progression of sort of, like I said, experiencing Jesus as sort of a, just a synonym for God. And then 
and then you know finding that oh he's also also human that he's like distinct from you know he's his own distinct part of the trinity um and that he did have this human life and human experience and then kind of going from there to brother and and or savior and brother and all that um i think kind of like where where i've been at recently um and when i say recently i mean the past few years there's this phrase that i find myself using a lot which is um beautiful warrior lover king like a compound a compound title i guess and just that he's beautiful and he is the source of all this beauty that i see in the world and um and he's a lover and and in some way my lover that he um and not like in the not so much in like the oh jesus is my boyfriend kind of sense um but like he is someone who deeply loves me and passionately loves me and has a deep longing for me and delights in my presence um and and a warrior and that he's fighting for me and alongside me and and teaching me how to how to fight and how to um be brave and courageous and and then also he's he's my king he's someone i submit to he's someone that i um trust and that i want to devote my life to serving yeah jesus is like an onion so many layers wow (laughs) and delicious (laughs) I love onions. <laughs> Basically, I'm just I'm giving the Cliff Notes version of what you just said, Ryan. Cool. He's got <laughs> Jesus like an onion or a cake. He's so good. Parfait. parfait. Everyone loves parfaits. Ooh, everyone loves parfaits. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to read what some of our yabbers said because yeah, we've kind of just started to hit the surface on on uh, these names and roles for Jesus. Um, good old Marshall. He had to chime in. <laughs> He always does, and he's great. Marshall said, I see Jesus as the eternal God who became man in order to save us. The biggest role I see in him is as the Savior, not only because I had a spiritual experience where I knew he saved me from death and hell, but also because I regularly find myself in messes where I need to be rescued. He's always been faithful in that role. Someone else said, as a scared kid hiding in my bedroom while my parents fought, Jesus was my protector, my confidant, my friend who was older than me who was keeping me safe who saw me cry, and it was okay. As a teenager, he was there to pray to. And then one other yabber said, the first thing that comes to mind is healer. The year 2018 has encompassed so much growth and healing for me. Jesus has healed me from much of my homophobia. If you would have told me in December of 2017 that in May of 2018, I would pay money and fly to North Carolina and participate in a retreat with 46 other dudes who also like dudes, I would have slapped you as I said, and then he swore, which I will not swear mm. as this <laughs> as this yabber did but then he did he put an expletive in the comment for emphasis of course mm. jesus understands um and then he continues here we are six months after that and me talking to you men openly having you all work out your journeys with christ, with christ trusting in his beautiful sovereignty mm. and we talked on that several episodes ago about this like internalized homophobia and how mm-hmm. like i've experienced it i know plenty of guys in our community have experienced this kind of resistance to this thing that's inside of us and we project that outwardly and and then here we go like this yabra who i love dearly he's mm-hmm. really great um and he came on this retreat so that's what he was referring to when he said he flew it to 40 see 46 other dudes who also <laughs> like dudes um the fact that he came to our, our inaugural uh yabra's retreat last year pretty remarkable to see the work that's happened in his own yeah, heart as yeah. he like confronted his his fear his homophobia his his resistance to ever connect with someone else who 
was attracted the same way that he was. So um, those are some other adjectives um, and some other roles for Jesus. Um, something I wanted to bring up from my own journey is that I wanted to dive in the, into this concept a little bit. Um, so growing up in the Christian school that I went to, I had a really, one of my, um, well, he was one of my coaches, but he was also one of my Bible teachers over the years. And he painted Jesus, basically the, the essence that Jesus is the manliest man who ever lived. And like, he was strong enough to flip over the money changers mm-hmm. tables. Cause they weren't just like flimsy little fold up tables that we have at our inner church basements. Like they were mm-hmm. strong, like cedar tables and he like flipped them over completely. Oh, wow. So that story became and literally about like physical strength. Like the Hulk. Yeah. It was like the Hulk. <laughs> and then like he chased all the people out and threw, you know, the birds or whatever out. And, um, and in addition to that, and during the cross, even making it to the cross with all the beatings and all the floggings mm-hmm. and all the things mm-hmm. that he had to suffer through just to even hang on the cross and then to hang on the cross as long as he did before finally giving up the ghost and f- before finally passing. Like there is like such a, a brute strength to use, which I can appreciate to some extent because I also like remember at the time looking at pictures of Jesus or supposed pictures of Jesus, mm-hmm. like all these like, you know, what are they like Baroque? What are those pictures called? <laughs> we know <what> <laughs> The timing. The, the fair skin, curly hair. He's like very genteel and like... Mm-hmm dainty and just kind of his face is very like lacking of an in emotion and just mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like wimp jesus like this is jesus <laughs> like, this is the lord and savior that i'm mm-hmm. worshiping and following and like the warrior king that ryan just mentioned like so on some extent i can appreciate like my my coach and my um bible teacher like painting jesus in this way that i had never actually considered that oh man jesus yeah he was tough he didn't take no crap from nobody like he did his own thing and resorted to physical actions when necessary and was like, you know, to get to the cross. Like I wouldn't have been able to get to the cross, certainly to carry the thing mm-hmm. to, up to the hill, you know? But, um, but then I also am like, now I have this reaction in adulthood and actually diving into scripture and learning more about Jesus. I'm like, yeah, but he also like cried when his friend died. And he also mm-hmm. like looked out in the crowd and found the person that was on the fringe and on the outcast and he healed people and, um, spent time with people and went mm-hmm. to a wedding and celebrated with people. And so he was also very sociable and amicable and very empathetic and kind. And, mm-hmm. and so there's that aspect of him as well. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a job cast if we didn't take the opportunity to bring up the tableau of the last supper <laughs> and Jesus and his BFF uh-huh. John cuddling. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They cuddled. They cuddled at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that happened yep, as well. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. The C <laughs> word is in. We're the... gonna keep beating that drum. Sorry. As to say, people, we love that story. <laughs> but John cuddled with Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm curious if y'all, in your trajectories and your spiritual journeys, if you've ever like wrestled or grappled with this like brute strength of Jesus versus the genteel and the call it masculine, call it effeminate, call it whatever you want to call it, but these two different sides of Jesus that come out when you read through the Gospels. I think the masculine quality that we can identify in Jesus isn't so much that like physical brute strength, but um, but I think a lot of courage. Like I think that Jesus had an incredible amount of courage, mm-hmm. and that's um, you know, and that's the thing that I want to follow in, that I want to grow in. Um, And also, like, um, meekness, which is a word that we often kind of, I think these days we think about 
weakness when we think of meekness. We think of like a little meek mouse, sort of. But the actual meaning of the word is restrained strength. And strength mm-hmm. that is only used in certain situations or used very wisely or, or you know, with, um, with discretion. And so, um, and so I think that, you know, that's kind of the more... I feel like that's the more accurate picture of, um, of that, of that strength in Jesus's masculinity. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of people in the, in the Yahweh's group mentioned that Jesus is a savior. Um, and certainly that's very important and very critical. I will say that's even, even that role of Jesus as savior is fairly new to me. Um, cause I think most of my, if I wasn't thinking of Jesus in, a broader sense of being God when I was in, in high school, middle school, college. Um, I think I definitely gravitated toward Jesus as a friend, as someone I could talk to because I struggled very much to make friends and to find myself in some kind of a group and some kind of a sense of belonging. And so I believed in this person of Jesus and I prayed to God. And so if anything, if I was going to refer to Jesus, I referred to him as my friend. Um, and like I said, yeah, it's only been recently where I'm like starting to really zoom out and see the scope of of his role and the fact that he was a friend to so many mm-hmm. and that people followed him in droves and attract there was something attractive about him in that way um but the fact that ultimately if jesus wasn't our savior if he didn't have if he didn't die if he didn't do what the father set out for him to do it's kind of all meaningless what is like okay cool he's a friend he was a cool guy and he went around and did miracles but if he doesn't carry out the mission set before him it's all meaningless. And so now it's like learning. It's really cool to, to see all the layers and all the dimensions of Jesus because he is so many things and has so many roles and his ultimate one being the savior and giving us hope for a new life and for continuation and ex- existence with him in, in this story that, that's been written out. And so that's a new realization for me. And, and that's, it's something that like, yeah, I just want to encourage people, like if they feel stale and confused or stuck in their relationship with Jesus, I encourage, like, I've just been reading through the Gospels lately, regularly, like, every morning, just reading a new chapter, a new a new passage, and seeing the miracles, and hearing the parables, and just kind of seeing stories, stories that I've heard my whole life, but kind of seeing them through new eyes, and, and receiving them with kind of a new heart now, and so um, I always encourage people, yeah, if you have, if you have any kind of stuckness, or, or you're, like, struggling to see a new dimension of Jesus, like, just spend a few months reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because that'll, that'll, that'll change things. It's done, it has for me, anyway. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to talk about, um, as far as the role of Jesus, how we think of Jesus, before we move on, um, as it is Christmas time, it's kind of weird, like, we, see, we, you know, if we've grown up in American Christian culture, we're very familiar with Christmas and the nativity, and seeing a little plastic baby doll sitting in a manger of straw, sitting there, you know, whether it's a live nativity or whatever. But so like we have this like visual of the baby Jesus, but, and scripture doesn't help in that regard because we don't have stories of him being a little boy and being a baby. And, you know, we just have this like one little passage and then he's 12 years old and then he's an adult. Um, and I yearn, like I hunger for those stories of teenage Jesus and middle school Jesus and what that <laughs> looks like. And even 20 something Jesus as he's like, you know, working in his father's shop and learning the art of, mm. you know, and, and carrying on the family mm. tradition and, and just like filling in those gaps a little bit because all we got is 
adult Jesus, essentially. And I'm curious if y'all ever think about, like, do you ever think about baby Jesus? <laughs> What's that scene from, uh, what is it, Talladega Nights? Uh, <laughs> like, do you ever <laughs> pray pray to the little Lord baby Jesus? Um, but do you ever think about Jesus in that way? And do you, what do you, and if you do, what do you think about a young Jesus? I, I always picture Jesus as exactly my age. <laughs> so when you were a kid, he was a kid. And when you are or when you're an adult. Well, I guess ever since an, you became an adult. an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely think that, that I've had those times where I've thought back to what was Jesus like when he was a teenager. Because, goodness knows, that would be, it'd be so, it would be so interesting to see what, like, to hear, even just a couple of stories from what the, like, those. Because it was, I think, for most... Most of us, that those teen years is probably some of the tougher years mm-hmm. for us, and so to like to have like a little glimpse of what Jesus had to deal with during during those years would be awesome. It's like how did how did Jesus deal with puberty? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. though, yeah, I think that was the period of my life where I started to get in touch with kind of my inner brokenness. Like before puberty, um, like sin was something that other people dealt with. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I was certainly sinful before then, but it didn't really like occur to me that, oh, Jesus died on the cross for me. He's taking on my punishment for my sin. And, um, and so like that, I guess that makes like pubescent Jesus, um, like the most. A great band name. A great, great, great <laughs> band name. Um, I think that, that makes that phase of Jesus's life the like least relatable to me in some way like i it's the it's the hardest for me to imagine it's the most Mm -hmm. alien to me to imagine like teenage pubescent jesus teenage pubescent jesus welcome to my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like what i'm now getting drawn more into is because i'm drawn into the mystery i love the mystery of jesus and the paradox of Mm -hmm. jesus and the father being one and this whole mystery of of what was a teenage jesus like like a jesus that all of a sudden like his voice starts to deepen or maybe he has acne or maybe he all of a sudden he starts feeling attraction for girls or for boys for that matter. Who knows? knows? Like we don't know what Jesus went through, what he felt and what he was tempted by exactly specifically. And I'm curious and I want to, I want to know those stories. I'd like to think someday in eternity we'll know those stories, but for now it just kind of, it encourages me to know the fact that, the fact that he had to go through the same arc that we all have to go through. We all have mm-hmm. to come out bleeding and crying and snotty and gross. And we all have to rely on somebody else to keep us alive for the first several years of our life. And we all have to learn words and we all have to learn to walk and we all have to learn to reconcile a fallen, broken world. And so did he. And so that, mm. that gives me a lot of hope. And I wish we had more understanding and stories, but I have hope that we will. And something that just occurred to me about Jesus at at that age of like teenager years is in that culture, in that time, in that place, that's the time when there starts to be probably immense pressure towards marriage Mm. and everyone's starting to say, okay, okay, you know, you need, we, we're, we, as a family, we're starting to think about this for you, you know, and we're like, this is the trajectory you're going to be on. And and I guess we don't really have those conversations recorded of Jesus being like, yeah, I think, um, I think I'm doing something else. So no marriage for me. I'm just going to yeah. hang out with 12 other dudes. It's going to yeah. be fine. He has the gift. Don't of worry. Singleness. I'm dying at 33. So <laughs> the gift of singleness, mm. Jesus, 
mm-hmm. prime example. OG single person. The OG single person. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It was Jesus and then Paul and then mm-hmm. scores of people yeah. after yeah. that. No, it's something I hadn't thought about as well. Yeah. And maybe their family would have had a little more understanding if if we do believe in the virgin birth. Maybe they're like, okay, we're a little different. <laughs> we're a different That's kind of family. True, yeah. So maybe there's a little perspective there. But certainly from the outside, I mean, you have all the neighborhood, the neighborhood, the community, the school, whatever he was in, a part of. Like there would have certainly been that cultural pressure, if not a familial one as well. Mm. Yeah. So I wanted to know, y'all, what your favorite Jesus story is. And you can only pick one. You can't be an Enneagram 7 and pick 12 stories. What if you're an Enneagram 9 and you just can't have trouble picking favorites? The whole Bible. (laughs) Correct. The entire book of John. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. None of that. This one was really, like... Do you want to write a blog post about your 12 favorite Jesus stories Here's the thing. There's so many good ones. It's really tough for me to narrow down. Like, I've narrowed it down to a few, but I still haven't picked just one. <laughs> okay. We'll rattle them off, but then pick one to maybe to, uh, elaborate, so, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, okay. And whatever you're... Whatever, just follow your heart. Just let it come out of your mouth, and whatever it is, it'll be... <laughs> I actually don't know which one I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I really have... I have two that... I feel like there's two that are really... Y'all, I'm drowning okay. in nines. No, I decided earlier today I have my answer okay. ready to go. Go, okay. Ryan. So, um, this story is from when Jesus is crucified. It's Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who were hanging railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying... Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's a story that, like, every time I read it, I just get choked up with this exchange that, um, that Jesus... So there's this, like, criminal hanging on the cross next to Jesus who has um, the humility, but also sort of also the audacity to just be like, hey, Jesus, I believe you're God. And when you're beside the Father, just please think of me. You know, like, please remember me. Mm. And Jesus, his response to that is, like, I claim you. Like, you're going to be with Mm -hmm. me in paradise Mm -hmm. today. Like, he doesn't have to have this long pre-existing relationship with this guy he doesn't have to like he doesn't have to like vet this guy like he he says yes like he gives the guy so much more than he asked for um and i love i love that image of abundant grace and abundant love that um that that provides and that's the story yeah i I forget if i said it just always gets me choked up like i was thinking about it today at work um, concurrent perhaps with the rocket launch. <laughs> of course. You had an emotional day. Yeah, I had an this emotional response to a rocket launch in case Tom puts that uh and puts my brother beat in the Yabba log. <laughs> that is that's amazing. But, yeah. That's a good one. That was a really great story. Okay, it really is tough for me to narrow it down. So maybe there'll just be some blog posts because of this. Um, but if I have to pick one for the podcast, um, it's I mean, the whole the whole story of like Lazarus dying and him bringing him back mm-hmm. to life. But specifically when he's talking to Mary and Martha and says, I am the resurrection and the life. And for me, the stories of both Jesus and like, as you get into like some of 
the letters, like, just this idea of, like, a process and, like, that there's not, like, I think sometimes I get focused on, like, needing, like, a moment or that something changed, but, like, I'm the Resurrection Life, for me, points to the fact, like, there's this process, like, there's there's a continual change that's happening with us and that Jesus is both, like, with us in that change and kind of the source of that changing that's happening within our lives and to know, again, to know that Jesus is the one, like, causing and with me as that's happening. Um, if I, again, if I have to pick one, that's, I think, one of the places that I would definitely would fall. That's good, Kevin. That is definitely in my running as well. I won't run mm-hmm. through the list, but that was, in the <laughs> ones I was considering, the fact that, yeah, I mean, the fact that Jesus developed these friendships, like really deep, intimate friendships with these men and women, and that he wept over it. Like I was always drawn to that verse as a child, the shortest verse in scripture. And just being drawn to that because, wait, God cries, like that happens, that, that's, mm-hmm. that was real. That, and, and what are the implications of that? What does that mean? And why did it happen? Why, did, why does he feel that way? And it changes everything when you think about a personal God who, who weeps with us and over us and with us. Yeah. Um, in our, tr- in our struggles, in our trials, in our, our tragedies. Um, yeah, that's a God that I love mm-hmm. getting to know and being in connection with. Um, for me, it's a story, my favorite Jesus story, um, is a story that I was always drawn to growing up. The story of Jesus and the adulterous woman is something that I come to mm-hmm. with like a renewed appreciation and... And I feel like it's such a pivotal, climactic... Like, if we saw this scene played out in real life, it would be so dramatic, like, the all these men in the community throwing this woman to the ground and, and asking Jesus, putting him to the test and saying, like, okay, like, we got him. He's going to say this, and we're going to get him this way, or he's going to say this, and we're going to get him that way. But either way, it's a win. Like, we finally got this guy. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who, I, I've throughout the scope of my life, like, I've often tripped on my words. I don't think I've been the most well-spoken person. At least I've been very insecure about that. And, and I look at Jesus who always had the right answer and like the right third option. Like there was never option A or option B. It was always option X, option Z. Like it was always something completely that you would have never thought coming. And it was always the right way to handle it. And the way that he stoops to write in the sand. Again, there's that sense of mystery too. We're not completely certain. Like what is he writing in the sand as all of a sudden one by one, all the people who accuse this woman just drop their rocks and, and walk away. And, and eventually it's just Jesus and the woman there all alone, all by themselves in this scene. And and the fact that Jesus welcomes her in and, and appreciates her and loves her, regardless of, of the sin that she did, and yes, it was sin, but she's accepted and, and brought into the fold. And even the worst sin isn't unworthy of his love and um, and it's just been super moving to me as I ponder like my role with Yab and, and reaching out to the LGBT community to get other gay people and, and being like, Jesus is here for you, just like he's here for me. Cause I'm the, just like Paul would say, like, I'm the chief of sinners. Like I'm, I've done some really awful, horrible things and I've used people and abused people. And, and Jesus is for me, just like Jesus is for you, just like Jesus is for all of us. And, and that story is so great. It's so pivotal. It's so epic. Like if there's one Jesus story, I wish I could see like play out. Like mm-hmm. that's the one that I would just love to see play out and just be like somewhere across the street or somewhere like mm-hmm. in the crowd, but not noticed. And just to be able to see how all of that unfolded and to see, yeah, to see the drama of it. Um, and to just see like the facial expression in the woman and to see 
his Jesus's own facial expressions and and to like crane down and see what exactly he was writing in the dirt. You know, there's so much that I would love to physically witness. And I'd like to think, yeah, again, when we're in eternity, like that's that, I think about it a lot. Like I'd like to think there's a massive like DVD player up there and we're just going to like be able to like watch all of those, those scenes. All the different camera angles. All the camera (laughs) angles. It'll be like an NFL game where we can replay it and Mm. slow-mo and zoom in and that's going to be so great. (laughs) On a less serious note, I really wanted to talk about the time where Jesus has just explained a par- like has just told a parable, and the disciples are like, "Jesus, can you tell us what this means?" And Jesus says, "Are you still so dull?" <laughs> because that Jesus is hilarious. <laughs> Jesus is so funny. Yeah, like yeah. seriously, guys. I am so tired of you. Like you don't understand. Like yeah. you don't understand anything I say or do. Ah. Uh. <laughs> and then he goes like, "I'm going off to a mountainside." Peace out. <laughs> like, you guys are just too much for me. Are you, still, are you still so dull? Yeah, that is a great that is a great Jesus line. In the same category of like bitchiness in the Bible. Um, I was recently reminded of in the story of Jonah at the very end where Jonah's all mad about Nineveh. And um, and God is like, Does it is it well for you to be so mad and or so angry? And Jonah's like, Yes. I'm so and like and I'm so angry I could die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chill out, Jonah. Well, Marshall's favorite story, this is really great because this goes back to when Marshall, because Marshall and I go back a decade. Like, I've been mm-hmm. friends with Marshall since really ancient blogging days. Um, and I remember he had a blog that correlates with his favorite Jesus story, which comes from Matthew 13, 44, which reads, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then Marshall commented, what Jesus offers is truly worth giving everything for. Mm. Um, And every time I read that in scripture, I inevitably think about Marshall and I think about his blog and I think about um, how Jesus is worth it. Like he's worth everything. He's worth selling everything and leaving everything behind Mm. um, to follow. And I appreciate that passage and that perspective with with new eyes, new ears, Mm. thanks to Marshall. So. Thanks for Marshall for contributing that favorite story. Another of our yobbers had to say this about Jesus. He said, theologians have this phrase, hypostatic union for Christ. He's fully God and fully man all at the same time. I don't get it and I don't care to. I just believe it. Why? Because of John 11. Jesus feels the weight of being human in a very broken, disordered, and insecure world. But by his own power, he raised Lazarus from the dead. The magnitude of this hypostatic union is amplified here, all because he came, obeyed, and loved as a son loved by his father. And like Lazarus, we too will be risen to new life with him. So yes, Kevin, that's story. just mm. Kevin, that's just a better way of saying what you just said. <laughs> no, it's it's different. It's there's a lot that happens in that story. No, there's a lot there. There's so mm. much going on. Yeah, fully God, fully man. But I learned a new phrase. I never heard that phrase, hypostatic union. Have y'all heard that? Were I think I heard smart? it in chemistry once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love our yobbers are so smart. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mm-hmm. yobbers, for educating yeah, me all the go. time. Salubrious ten dollar words. Hypostatic. Yeah, we're gonna educate some folks, myself included. So last question, which may be the hardest question. I was having a hard time with it today, but also gave me a lot to think about. The whole concept, um, how does Jesus intersect with our struggles? And in particular, our struggles with sexuality, our struggles with masculinity. Or does he? Does he factor into the equation at all? Yes. Okay, explain, Kevin. How does Jesus intersect with your 
struggles? Um, I think, so as I was pondering this question, I ended up focusing a little bit more on like the masculinity side. And I feel like Ryan kind of touched on this earlier. Um, but just this idea for me that, again, if we count Jesus as fully human and like the like ideal for a man, that I know that I tend towards um, tend towards like this air on the side of humility, and I feel like one of my gifts is hospitality and looking and being able to see that in Jesus and knowing that that's not because like, I feel like both of those things are typically viewed as less masculine or more feminine qualities in a person, but to see to see the Jesus who doesn't take the limelight and who um, who's there for people and like wants to wants to serve people, um, washes the disciples' feet, spends time eating with people, and like those are like those are things that I connect with. Like the way just the, the way that I am built, that those are things that I am drawn towards. And knowing that that was part of who Jesus is reassures my masculinity that like even though I don't fit necessarily like, mm-hmm. the cultural stereotype that like. These are parts of who Jesus was, and so like this is still good and still masculine of me to embody these qualities. Yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength about a lot of things. Um, yeah, I think for me, like so much of my sexuality, if you want to call it that, just boils down to I want to drink deeply of masculinity, and mm. Jesus has this masculinity, this perfect masculinity that I'm invited to drink as deeply of as I can. I'm, I'm invited to, you know, he says, I'm the, I'm the living waters and anyone who, you know, who drinks of me won't, won't thirst. And, um, and he invites me into, into that depth of relationship, into that intimacy, into that dependence that I so kind of want to be in and be a part of. And, uh, and he invites me to um, to integrate that into myself, um, and yeah, I feel like there's like three blog posts here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just I I feel like he offers so much of what I really do end up longing for deep down um, that sometimes gets played out in terms of lust. Or, or sexual desire um, and and he invites me to find satisfaction in him and to find that mm-hmm. that intimacy that relationship that um, being desired in him yeah and I think I think it's hard to to like be in that space because again I feel like our culture tells us that that should be that those desires and needs should be met in a very physical tangible way versus like like with a partner versus is there a way to be to be satisfied with Jesus to be satisfied with other believers and like community versus mm-hmm. having an actual partner and being able to like engaging in sex like that that is how again culture tells us to be satisfied mm-hmm. and is there a way to be satisfied without that yeah I like that how you phrase it, Ryan, drinking deeply of masculinity um, and finding that in Jesus. And I think, gosh, yeah, I think I, uh, I'm like processing my relationship with Jesus in all new ways now because I think <laughs> yeah. I've always been drawn to Jesus and similarly to, to King David because there's a lot of like 
what you would think as like prototypical um, masculine things like killing bears and lions and, and being a king and, and everything, but then also writing poetry and crying and weeping and, and engaging in physical touch with a dear friend and things that maybe aren't as obviously masculine, at least in our culture today. And, mm-hmm. and so I think about those two figures and certainly Jesus in particular as, as somebody who the more I get to know and the more aspects and the more dimensions of him I see, the more I feel more at ease in my own skin, in my own body. And that's something that I never, yeah, would have predicted, I guess, back in middle school where I felt so out of place and out of my body and like confused and not one of the men and not one of the women, but something else entirely. And, and Jesus kind of closes the gap, I think, is what I'm realizing. Many years ago, I attended a Christian middle school, Christian high school, and my first year of college, even a Christian college. And I grew up in a Christian home and heard about Jesus all my life, and it seemed only logical, it seemed only, it seemed only right that I would follow Jesus and surround myself with people who also want to follow him and honor him and, and worship him as I was raised to, to believe myself. And instead what I largely saw from middle school all the way to college were people who didn't care about Jesus and beyond that seemed so against all the things Jesus stood for. I saw bullying, I experienced bullying, and I saw and heard obscenities and just an extreme irreverence for everything Jesus was. I wondered that if, in order to make friends and not be so lonely, if I needed to do those things, if I needed to bully another kid, or if I needed to start swearing and making obscene gestures and and watch and do things that seemed contrary to everything that in my heart, the heart that wanted to follow Jesus wanted to do. In more recent memory, I've experienced friends who have walked away from this Jesus, this person, this man that I've staked my life on and to keep the friendships going and to keep the connection, what would I have to do? Would I have to leave Jesus as well? In John 6, Jesus is speaking to the crowds and he's speaking with an authority and a bizarreness that the people have yet heard their entire lives. And he's talking about that anyone who follows him must eat his flesh and drink his blood, that he lives from the Father, and that no one can come to him without the Father. In other places, he talks about a rich man who must leave behind all of his riches to follow him. A man who actually must hate his father and mother and brother and sisters and wife and children, his very life in comparison to following him. Amid all of these competing loyalties and times and loves, who will we truly honor? John 6, 60 through 69 reads as follows. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? 
But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so, my brothers, you who are curious about this Jesus, you who have just met him, and you who have known him long, let us drink together of his blood and masculinity. Let us eat of his flesh and hunger even more for him, more than actual bread. Let us eat and drink of him above all else, of him only, putting him before all things, our careers, our schooling, our families, our friends. Let us leave it all and chase madly after this man, this God, this God-man who alone has the words of eternal life. To where else can we go? Let us receive his words and recite his words day by day, again and again, never forgetting them, never letting them feel foreign on our lips, letting them bore deep into our hearts, imprinting our steps, his name etched into every decision, every enjoyment, every waiting, every wailing, every moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I feel really good about everything we talked about. I think it's awesome to be able to talk about talk about Jesus, like who's at the core of all this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we talk about stuff adjacent to Jesus and surrounding Jesus and some experiences with Jesus. And sometimes nothing to do with Jesus. Sometimes whatsoever. nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> um, or or we talk about things that Jesus has redeemed us from. Mm -hmm. um, but like. But it's awesome to be able to just talk about like our favorite Jesus stories. Like I think that was my favorite part. Of, yeah, of and there's so many. I mean, we I limited us to three because I knew that we could just talk for hours just about all of the parables and all of the miracles and all of the quotes and everything. Just I mean, keep just... talking about Jesus. I mean, because it was such a broad topic, and I feel like there's again so many like potential blog posts or like future oh, yeah i'm counting on <laughs> i'm counting on at least four blog posts from you two perfect <laughs> have them on my desk by <laughs> next year yeah. perfect um but i want to hear from you guys we want to hear from you guys um whether you contributed to the yabbers discussion or not i'd love to hear from y'all about jesus your favorite jesus stories in particular and how jesus intersects with your struggles um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode 44 post on Jesus and tell us a story. Tell us a Jesus story. Tell us lots of Jesus stories. Um, I'd love to hear, um, yeah, your take on this episode. Also, maybe how you're 
evolution over the years of looking at Jesus, calling Jesus by a certain name or, or viewing him through a certain lens, how that maybe has changed or shifted mm-hmm. or, or kind of the, the role that you lean on today. I'd love to hear any or all of that. Post your comments there. Big, big, big thanks to our sponsor. Huge. Mankincense and fur. I mean, frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> we very much appreciate. Um, but where? Where do you put it? Gifts. Oh, the um, deodorant. Yeah. I... Under your stinky arms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, deodorant for your armpits. Take your armpits to the promised land with yeah. frankincense and myrrh mm-hmm. deodorant. <laughs> Just imagine three wise men applying <laughs> applying the deodorant to your armpits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah they've traveled so far. So far. To. Um, to help you not stink. Yeah. So thanks. Big shout out. This was a big shoe to fill for this sponsor mm-hmm. this episode. And I think yeah. the double dose of these two scents mm-hmm. coming together in one fantastic product. I think I think it's a yeah. great, um, yeah, great for this Christmas season. Great and gift for mom, dad, anyone. And little babies. Mm-hmm. Little babies yes. too. Exactly. Yeah. Little babies need deodorant also. <laughs> Just slather it all over their they little smell after a while. <laughs> <laughs> and a big thank you to Kevin for braving the lion's den of yeah. this podcast arena. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> such a long time coming. I'm glad you made it. And we had such a great time, didn't we? We did. Yes, I'm we so did. I'm so glad you were on this episode. We'll loosen the cords on your arms now. You are now free. <laughs> <laughs> You're now free to move about the podcast studio. Yes, Kevin, I hope you'll come back. Do you think you might want to? I think it might happen. Even though, we, even though we thought you were a homeschooler. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I could have sworn you were homeschooled. Maybe. We need to get to know each we other, We still Tom. need to get to know each other, Kevin. Yes, we'll work on that. Um, and then Ryan, of course, thanks for Thank opening you. up your home and letting us record today. This was a great conversation, y'all. I hope we do another Jesus episode. Jesus part two. Jesus part two. Mm-hmm. The Jesusing. <laughs> to I, Jesus <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> Yes, we, we could spend 20 minutes on Jesus spinoff titles, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll refrain for now. We'll just say for all your other brothers, this is Tom. This is Ryan. And this is Kevin. Reminding you that you are not alone. Remember, even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, Bye, everybody. everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog. Featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. Ask us a question or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.